In this episode, Jonathan interviews Tom Bond while they discuss the Godsworn Hunt. As a point of reference, this episode was recorded before the release of Morgok's Crushes and Morgwait's Blade Coven. However, the content is still great, and you'll still learn a lot. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to Path to Glory, a Warhammer Underworlds podcast that focuses on competitive gaming, player development, and community growth. Jonathan here, continuing our Warband Wisdom series, where Aman and I are taking turns covering each Warband with a special guest. My special guest today is Tom Bond, who is here to help me talk about the Godsworn Hunt Warband. How are you doing today, Tom? Uh, not too bad. I've I've played too much Nurgle, and I've gotten tonsillitis, <laughs> which seems appropriate. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Great. Um, we're going to do a little bit of an intro. We've had you on the podcast once before, um, but let's hear a little bit more about you. Um, how long have you been involved with the hobby? Um, I got I got the uh, pre-order Shade Spire with the, the Shade Glass uh, Steel Hearts and Reavers cards at the start. And um, yeah, I didn't realize what a time-consuming mistake that was going to turn out to be. So yeah, I've been involved for a while. Yeah, it uh, the game is so deep that like if you really want to, I feel like you can just spend all your time thinking about it. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> so that was right at the beginning. That's cool. Um, what aspect of the game do you enjoy most? Oh, you know when you see someone else's deck and you just sort of like, I've not even thought of trying that. And it inspires so much. Like there's so many different ways of playing the game. There are so many different ways of playing even one warband. And I just love the fact that you can turn your head to any set of models, any set of cards and go, let's give this a whirl. And normally you can at least make something serviceable out of anything. Um, And a lot of people have done more than that with, with cards and warbands that people may have uh, looked the other way on the first time. So I, I like that there's a lot of depth to just just creating the way you want to play. Yeah, absolutely. And every time new cards come out or the season changes, I feel like you it's always worth looking at some of the older ones again because like everything, like there's so many new possibilities. So Absolutely. That's great. Um, are there any special achievements that you're currently proud of in the world of Underworlds? Um, I'm glad Mike's not here. Um, <laughs> I don't have a Godsworn trophy either, so uh, that's it. That's what I want. That's all I want. Jeez. Um, I mean, we took we took Nurgle to number three recently. Uh, the online tournament, which was good. I've had yeah. a couple of good finishes with with Godsworn at, at uh, clashes. I've had a a sixth and an eighth and then i had a third place finish with fiends but i've i've never i've never won one that'd be nice <laughs> yeah maybe maybe next time if they ever start up again um <laughs> um are you working on anything game or hobby wise right now um actually speaking of fiends i'm playing some fiends again um it's a little bit because i started playing a bit of underworlds online and obviously fiends are on there and then i was like well let's yeah. try these these guys again on the tabletop um so i've been playing a bit of that and um i'm trying to paint my nurgle but at the minute i'm not being very successful but this is this is my septimus so far with a little tasty prolapse i'm gonna have snow coming out <laughs> at some point. so yeah that's what i'm going through great great yeah i haven't really been doing much painting at all so i need to need to probably get on that um all right well i think that is it for the intro um let's talk about the godsworn hunt um what is it about this warband that makes them worth learning and playing in your opinion tom grohl <laughs> <laughs> the best uh, boy <laughs> that's it first off yeah how could you not want to play them they have the best boy um i just the the whole style of the warband and the way they play just matches the sort of theme of the warband so well like they are essentially like humans they're people right a little bit blessed but not not overly so but they they're all out to just cut down the biggest baddest monsters they can and that's kind of how the warband plays they're they're a group of like super squishy fighters 
that can dish out some of the most damage in the game. Um, I feel like they have game into a lot of things when they're played well. They have good and bad matchups, but when when you sort of get your head around them, you can you can match up into most things. They're aggro, so you know you get to hit things which everybody enjoys doing. And I think it, again, it's one of the warbands where none of the fighters feel like a clone of each other. You know, mm-hmm. some warbands in the past you've had like you know dangle bros or whatever fighters that are just there to sort of pad out numbers or stats and do similar jobs whereas this warband kind of rewards knowledge of each fighter and knowledge of when to take advantage of each fighter and when to maybe leave them in favor of another fighter so i feel like there's there's a lot of depth to the warband there's a lot of reward for knowing them well um and they like hitting big stuff so it's fun to play them into mike (laughs) and grawl (laughs) yeah yeah definitely um, let's see. So let's go through the fighters, um, one at a time. Um, how, what are they like and how do they work together to make a complete warband? So, um, I'll even start from the top. So Cedra, Cedra's your leader, right? Um, one, uh, range, two smash, uh, two damage, attack on the front. Um, we've got four move, one dodge, three health, which is, I mean, just to look at for a leader, pretty meh uh she's a level one wizard to begin with yeah um and as all the fighters do which is important she inspires on having an upgrade attached to her so for me cedra is well it's clear to make this sort of point from the start all the fighters are used based on what's on their inspired side most of the fighters you you want to be very careful about committing uninspired Cedra is one that you can commit a bit uninspired because two smash two damage isn't an unreasonable attack, but the fighters really come into their own once they've got an upgrade on and they they flip. Um, so on Cedra's flipped side, she goes up to three damage, um, and she goes up to a level two wizard. Three damage, that's the important thing. So once you've got a one, once you've got two smash three damage attack, that's now a very respectable attack profile. That's one of the the best sort of just straight accuracy and damages the damage that you'll have printed on any card so she fills the role of being able to hit big fighters in the game um unfortunately the fact that she's your leader and the fact that she's a wizard i don't think are really worth investing too much into mm-hmm. uh, she's very squishy and she's the only wizard in your warband so if you play i think if you invest too much around the magic or even anything around the magic side of things you have to protect her and that means you can't take advantage of the big amount of damage she can put out. Um, and then even if you do protect her, someone will still come along and trip her up and she'll die because she's so squishy. So I tend to just use her as another bullet in the gun as opposed to her sort of uh, centerpiece. But she does do a lot of damage when she inspires. So she has that useful feature. So that's Thedra. Um, Grundon is, is the ultimate shotgun. So he's the same, uh, two smash, two damage when he is uninspired with that same base profile of four move, one dodge, three wounds. When he inspires, he also goes to two smash, three damage, uh, but he gets a tasty extra move as well. Yeah. So Grundon's, Grundon's your boy that you, uh, I don't know, you run Grawl into a lethal hex and kill him. Uh, you get that one glory. Sorry, Grawl. And you put great strength on Grundon. Yeah, the one glory from Martyred. Yep. And suddenly, you've got a four damage attack at five range. Um, Maybe you play Spectral Wings, maybe you play Haymaker. You can pretty much take down anybody's key model in their Warbound, reliably, in the first activation. So, you know, you can be taking out Scritch, you can be picking off uh, Thundric... You can be uh, running down Septimus, um, the Duke. Uh, you can be taking out Ripper, Scathe. You know, you, you put that great strength on Grundon and you point and you shoot. And you know he's not coming back. He knows he's not coming back, but everybody's very happy with that. And the more <laughs> gambits you play, you know, oh, Haymaker, I'm in the old days, Fuel by Fury, things like that. Like, unfortunately, no more Fuel by Fury. Uh, but every accuracy gambit that you've got, you can load up on there and you just have these. The, he's just this huge axe that comes down and takes out a key fighter and takes them out early, 
which inher- actually is one of the inherent strengths of the warband. There are very few warbands that can hit that hard from that far that early on in the game that everyone you play against has to be worried, wherever they are on the board, that their their kingpin could just go down. And Grundon's the one that's going to do it. So we like him. He's got a big axe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, who we got next? Shond is the next one. Um, Shond is kind of like a... He's more of a technical, I think. Uh, he's he's not got the raw power that Thedra and Grundon have. He starts with two fury, two damage. So just a, a straight up worse attack than the other two. Um, he has the same four um, move, one dodge, three health. When he inspires, he gets an extra dice. So he goes to three swords, two damage, and he gets cleave as well. So he he's kind of like your well, your more elite killer. He doesn't do a lot of damage, but he does get through the shield. So for two block fighters, you know, if you're looking at, I guess now it's mostly Nurgle, but even like fighters like a Storm Sire and things like that, or even just your you know, one block fighters, he's, he's he's more accurate than he is damaging. Yeah. Uh, he he can take advantage of cards that need crits because he rolls more dice, so he's more likely to roll crits. Um, and again, you can tool him up do a bit more damage and roll more dice like the other ones but I think before it felt really good to win there, there are times when it feels very good to invest in Shond and other games where you'd rather invest in Cedra and Grundon it's more about knowing when his cleave is good to take advantage of and that's just sort of getting a bit of time playing with him for cards like what armor as well if you're running that cards that benefit from cleave or score off cleave he is a mm-hmm. fighter that gets cleave, so there are there are elements of using his attacks to combo with cards in your hand as well that make him very useful. It's worth noting he also goes up to block when he inspires, and you will always roll dodge when he's inspired. <laughs> yep. Categorically, yep. Um, we'll roll a dodge. When last chance was a thing, you would be like so reluctant to use it on Shant. <laughs> so much worse. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. A good fighter, but again, I think he depends more on the upgrades that are available that he can take advantage of. Um, I mean, we were talking we we're talking earlier about concealed weapon. Uh, when that was a thing, Shond, you'd put that on him, and he could be doing four damage very quickly. Uh, we'll see if any cards like that come out again in the future. But for the minute, he finds it a lot harder than the other two to hit that four damage threshold. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And then I think Olo as well is another can be very powerful when invested in at the right time. So he's your only fighter with a more than one use only ranged attack. So we've got opening gambit is the opening profile with him is uh, three range, two fury, one damage, which is pretty pitiful unless you're trying to score warning shot, in which case he'll hit every time. Um, And then he's got four uh, move, one dodge and Two down, uh, two wounds, because the other three were too tanky, so they didn't want to make Olo equally as tanky with those three wounds. When he inspires, though, his ranged attack actually becomes very accurate as well, as accurate as Sean's. In fact, he gets three fury, and he gets cleave on it. Um, so he's got he's got a good, accurate ranged out damage output, and he also gets an extra dodge dice. Um, so into certain matchups, he can actually be very uh, very damaging. So into things like Stormcast, if you give him, say, Glory Seeker or cards like Fighter's Ferocity, he can be pinging for two or three damage reasonably reliably into bigger fighters. And because he's got range three, you don't necessarily have to charge to get that damage off. So suddenly this two-wound fighter that your your opponent's warband probably didn't want to borrow, worry about, they wanted to just get rid of uh, Thedra and Grundon, Olo can actually really pull some weight in those matchups and just keep pinging and pinging damage off. But again, it's, it's knowing when to invest in him. Jagatha is kind of like your uh, your uh, one-hit wonder. <laughs> She's opening opening round of the game, opening activation of the game. You think about what fighter you want to kill. And you, you kind of use Jagatha's javelin in one of two ways. Into lower health warbands. You might have cards like Strong Star or... Um, it would have been precisely to force, but other other sort of score immediately cards off of kills, yeah. and um, and you'll have a two win fighter, and you'll just be like, right, we'll just punch a Gathras javelin in, 
see if we can pin them up on a wall or something like that and get myself some glory to get the others rolling. Or you look up at Hrothgorn and Molog and go, mm, that's too much health, let's bring it down a notch so that my other fighters can easily then threaten them and wipe the smile off your opponent's face. So she does that. You make that shot with her. She'll hit it or she'll miss it. And then she's pretty much done. Because um, other than that, she's got a two fury, I think it's two fury, one damage, yeah, one range attack. And when she inspires, it goes up to three fury. Right. Uh, she only uses the javelin once. So once she's inspired, she's not using the javelin again. She does go up to five move, but she doesn't get any tank here. <sighs> once the javelin's gone, <laughs> Jagger's is pretty much done as well. Um, so don't worry about her. Just just throw the javelin. Um, the javelin itself is really really good. Like that opening three range two damage can can be game changing. If you if you bring Molog down to five wounds or probably more appropriately for this matter, if you bring Hrothgorn down to four wounds in the opening activation, and then you've got cards in your hand to do any extra damage, you know you right. can that player suddenly has to completely change how they want to play the game. Uh, so it's good tool, but don't worry about her as a card. It's just the javelin. And then obviously the best fighter at the end, Grawl, um, <laughs> is a dog. Can't hold objectives. Can't have attack action upgrades. Can't really see. I don't think. It doesn't look like his model's got big eyes. Um, but uh, he, he has a similar. Well, it's the same attack profile as as Jagras's melee attack. So it's one range, two fury, one damage, going up to three fury, one damage. But Grawl, as well as going up to five move, gets two dodge. So becomes a worthy vessel for upgrades in a dire situation. Yeah. Because he can cross a large distance. So even if you've left him at the back, if he somehow survived to the end, if you can get a cheeky like sting of the Urgrim on him, and you can you can hit someone with him, knock them into a lethal hex, you know, you you, you can rely on Grawl in the direst of situations. Um <laughs> It's also yeah. worth noting that the five move fighters, so Grundon, Jagratha, and Grawl, are also very good for gathered momentum. So they do have that purpose as well, because uh, they don't need any buffs for that. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that the theme um, that I've noticed is before they're inspired, their stats are, probably with the exception of Jagatha, um, pretty typical for fighters of their size. Um, maybe even on the lower side. Mm. But the the coolest thing to me about this warband is when you give them an upgrade, particularly if it's an offensive upgrade, their inspired sides are in a lot of cases better than like those attack profiles of like most of the best fighters in the game. Oh, um, absolutely. Like Thedra and Grundon have the same attack as Steelheart does. Yeah. Um, you know, Allo Inspired has a better ranged attack than most of the Farstriders do. Um, and, you know, Shond, three dice with Cleave isn't a bad attack. And then the coolest thing about um, their Inspire condition, in my opinion, is you're also getting the buff from the upgrade. So a lot of the time mm-hmm. you'll be giving great strength to Grundon or Thedra, and then suddenly they're doing four damage. Um, and it, so it's almost like that one glory for great strength gave you two damage and in Grundon's case it also gave you a move um you know for Shand uh a concealed weapon used to be the dream for him and it was like it gave him an extra dice and cleave and block and the potential to do four damage um and really all of the fighters are like this I mean if you give great strength to Grawl he just got an extra dice and an extra damage and an extra dodge so it's and an extra move and an extra move. So the, the efficiency of these fighters when they get an upgrade um, is incredible. And I don't, I don't know about you. I've found that usually you don't want to do too much stacking of upgrades too early because yeah. the efficiency starts to fall off. Um, and so it as long as you really have upgrades... Oh, go ahead. When you get that boost, doesn't it? I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to agree with you. You want to get that boost on as many as possible. <clears throat> yeah, because if you have two upgrades in your hand... And you upgrade one and send them in and get a kill. And then even if that fighter dies, then you upgrade another one and send them in. And if you get a kill there too, most likely you're trading um, better than the opponent is. 
mm. because almost all of your fighters with the right upgrade um, are capable of that kind of explosive damage. So it's uh, it's definitely one of my favorite things um, about the Warband. The Inspire condition is is incredible. You have complete control over it. It's for something you're going to be doing anyway. You don't suddenly have this secondary goal that other warbands have in order to get your warband inspired. You don't have to build around it. You, you know, you've got upgrades in your deck like everyone else does. Brilliant. That's how I inspire. You just have to be careful because if you get that four upgrade hand that you would normally bin, you suddenly think, ah, damn, now I can't inspire. Or it's much harder to potentially. Uh, yeah, and, and they're one of the few warbands where if you draw four or five ploys in the first round, you have to really think about whether or not you're going to keep that. Mm. Or if you're going to draw some cards to try to get more upgrades. Yeah. Um, so it, it does have that uh, kind of interesting downside or, you know, at least something to think about. Um, would you say that you have a favorite fighter of the Warband for any reason? I mean... Other than Grawl. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not Grawl, but I want to say Grawl. No, yeah. I, for old time's sake, it's got to be Shond. Like, I've just got so many great memories of him just cleaving his way through stormcast um <laughs> and he also was the fighter that took down mike's monologue um when i played him at the clash so he's got a place in my heart for that and it was two hits it was a it was a ready for action combo and i think only one of those was buffed so one of them was just the straight up like three sword roll to win the game and he he just nailed it so sean sean's my boy yeah yeah, especially with concealed weapon when he just when he just he can just go crazy. Yeah, I've, I think I think one of the biggest strengths of the warband is just how explosive they can be. I've and I think these are kind of outliers, but I've had games with them where I've killed all three curse breakers and like five activations, or all of the profiteers and like six activations. And you know you have other games where you, everything just dies and you lose. But <laughs> we <laughs> they, don't talk about those games. <laughs> They are one of those warbands where, like, you are rolling a lot of dice, and you usually can hit that four damage. So uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, what would you? What do you think uh, you would describe as their weaknesses as a warband? Um, it's. I think we've alluded to it a little bit already. Yeah. You got really strong attack profiles and really weak defensive profiles. So most of the time, when you send someone in for a hit, they either land it or they don't. But it's it's pretty much a one way trip for your warband so you kind of do this thing you count your fighters and you count the enemy fighters and you go hmm four of them six of us i send four in and they're all dead but if you see more fighters on the other end of the board just because they're all a little bit weaker doesn't really matter because half your warband's got two health so what that means is you you're going to be trading whoever you're against and if they've got more fighters than you you're going to run out first um, and you don't really have the defensive stats to uh, sort of have that attritional. I'm going to wade through the horde warband that say warbands like a uh, uh, worms bat or fiends have where they can, they can hit one and then like three chain rafts can come running at them and they'll just hack through them. Right. You know, it's not going to happen. Um, so hordes I've always found trickier, not it, you can certainly win those games, but you can't just fly into them because suddenly you're not playing the game like each fighter is an expendable five damage bullet. You're suddenly having to plan to have them survive. Um, so that's a different, it's not how they would normally want to play. So that that is potentially, well, it is, it's definitely one of their weaknesses for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, mean, I know that in Nightfall, um, I think that the uh, Thorns of the Briar Queen and the Gits were not my favorite matchup because even if I was killing their most important fighters and trading one for one, I was still losing that trade because they still had fighters left. I still had to worry about where they were standing on objectives and things like that. Um, so my, I that... One of the Grand Clashes, so it was the, the just the one-day Grand Clash that I was in. My first matchup was Thundrix. My next two were Thorns, and my final one was Gits. Um and with Gits, I kind of, and with Thorns, I sort of, you, you still deployed wine, but I tried to pick boards where I could have my warband all to one side mm-hmm. to kind of neutralize the numbers advantage that they had. And I just kind of try and come at them from that one angle so that the, the extra fighters they had were kind of tracked all the way over there. 
and if it's gits it's easy to pick that side it's the side that the fanatics are not on um mm-hmm. then you run at them from that angle and you you kind of try and reduce the counter charges that can come at you but you do have to play around it yeah yeah i think that's a good strategy uh against some of the bigger war bands um in general so that's cool um so i think we've kind of alluded to the fact that this is an aggro war band um i would say it's pretty obvious that that's their default play style do you think there are any other ways to play them i've tried <sighs> so <laughs> you can flex with them to a degree right um but i don't think you're ever going to get out of aggro and there's yeah. a couple of reasons for this if you think in the other two types broadly speaking or even other three types um because we do have a, a wizard in the warband you got objective yeah. control and and magic is kind of its own archetype as well i've already said you don't want to play magic because they've just got one dodge three wounds that doesn't get any better when she inspires and she's your only wizard like you know yeah even if the dream situation where you get the right upgrades and the right uh object She's just going to die to a stiff breeze. As soon as anyone knows you've invested in Thedra, she's just going to be the number one target. And you can't really tank her up to the same degree as someone like Ilthari. So, no. Yeah. No magic. Yeah, I, I think I have ran... I think there was a period where um, Severe of Akshi was not restricted, but Pit Trap was. And so I, mm. I think I've, I've ran that before. Um, I, I've con- I would consider, I think, running um, Unmaking. Absolute yes. Unmaking. I used um, to run Withering, just the one card. I did do that, and I, yeah. I think that's about as far as I'd go. I agree. Yeah, I would be very... I think I agree. I would be very hesitant to take more than probably one spell. Um, I just don't want the dead cards. And then I think uh, when the Gods from Home were released, they came out with Arcane Savant, and people were kind of excited that you could give a level one wizard Arcane Savant and then be a level three wizard. Um mm. But unfortunately, it's just too hard to do. Yeah, um, because you can't equip with anything else until you get Arcane Savant. So, right. Because otherwise, you can't equip Arcane Savant. And then you've right. <laughs> got a load of magic cards, like, you know, spells and objectives in your hand that need her to be level two. If you don't have Arcane Savant, you're like, what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. They do have some interesting objective cards. Like, they have Oath of Supremacy. Um, and I have actually seen right when they came out, I saw someone play Oath of Supremacy, Supremacy and Our Only Way Out. And they actually managed to pull it off against me. Uh, I would think I was playing Moloch. And that's like, I think, a nine glory end phase. Oh, it's. That's <laughs> <laughs> but then I think I killed every single fighter that they had with Moloch right, right after that. And it didn't matter. <laughs> but. <laughs> well, this um, is it. You're not. These other playstyles don't use the inherent strengths that the warband has. Exactly, which yeah. Is their ridiculous attack profiles? And if you're playing an objective style, what you instead rely on is a defense profile, which might as well not be printed on most of the cards. Yeah. So you play objectives. I think I think you can flex into some some objectives. Um, you can take things like swift capture. Mm-hmm. If you really wanted to, I wouldn't even totally be against temporary victory. I'm not a fan massively, but if you can make it work, fine, because you don't need to hold hold them. You just need to be on them for a second. Right. But if you actually need to hold an objective with the fighter with one dodge and two wounds, and I know the, the, the warbands that do that have like seven, eight, nine models, have resurrections, inspire to two dodge, two dodge some of the time, you know, or have... have inherent tricks within the warband to move multiple fighters gods won't have none of that they have absolutely none of that what they have is big axes um <laughs> and if grundon gets picked off because he thought objective two looked like really pretty it just feels like a waste uh, he wants to be cutting people's heads and control i mean no they have no yeah. cards to support it they have no high health fighters to support it it just doesn't work for them yeah i mean i to the point where I think for me, when I'm building a Godsworn deck, I don't even think I put any defensive upgrades in there. Um, uh, I have grown to like one plus Path to Glory. Like a Path great fortitude. So I have been known <laughs> to include Sudden Growth. Oh, uh, yeah. I could see that. Because that has been a upgrade that has been really helpful in those hold matchups. 
um, in sort of doing a late charge with Grundon or something like that, and you bang sudden growth on, he's still three move, and everyone still has to be afraid of him, but he doesn't die in one shot to the Briar Queen anymore. And that means they don't, it kind of it helps deny that trade. So this is, this is kind of one of those things, you kind of accept that you want to trade fighters, but when you start thinking, do I have to? Do I have right. to trade them? Or can I actually keep them with this insane profile? And if you if you can, then you're absolutely winning because you get two charges with this absolute beefcake. Um, <laughs> if you can, but yeah, you don't want to invest your whole deck in it. Yeah, I, I think that is a good um, a good call because with sudden growth, it's such a good defensive upgrade that it usually will require the uh, opponent to invest more um, to take it out. I think a lot of the time, just a great fortitude may not require that much. Yeah, um, sometimes so, nothing. Yeah, and Path of Glory is uh, obviously a favorite card of mine and Amon's. Um, <laughs> we named a podcast after it. Um, and it gives you, it's an amazing card. It gives you plus one health and it gives you plus one dice. Um, you do have to already have another upgrade, but that's kind of how this Warband works. Um, so, yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, but I, I think that that I think that I would say that would be it, and I don't know if. Yeah, I agree. And with three restricted, be. it would still be hard to fit that in. I think. So, mm. I do know that um, cards like Last Chance, Dark Destiny, and Rebound have been popular for Godsworn yeah. before, and I think that I like those because, for one, they just completely waste what the opponent was about to do. Mm. Um, you play Haymaker, and I have Dark Destiny. It's still you know better than a 50-50 for me. Um, and, uh, obviously last chance was an amazing card because it was way better than a 50, 50. And, uh, I actually like rebound for them, um, because it doesn't always work, but it's kind of like you get to roll a defense dice again. And then when it does work, usually you probably win <laughs> if so it's a big fighter. I, I usually ran two or three of those, um, yeah. because of how, because of how much of a swing it was for this specific warband to have a fighter be able to take a hit. Right. Like you said, the fact that the, the reason they're so squishy is because there are so many of them with great attack profiles. And if you can make them tank a hit, then you've essentially circumnavigated the way they're balanced, which is that they can't. Right. Um, so they were especially good. And as you say, rebound, when it went off, I mean... <laughs> feels dirty even saying it, but oh, it, did, it did feel good. <laughs> yeah. Not for the opponent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think, and I believe you could even do, uh, I forget exactly what the how the uh, timing on it was, but there was, I think there was a, either you could do last chance or you could do rebound and then last chance. Or rebound, rebound and then and, last chance, yeah, because yeah. rebound was during. Right, and I think, uh, I think Dark Destiny is the same time as one of them. One of them. Yeah, so... I'd have to look at that again, but Dark Destiny the, uh, had the added bonus. You couldn't be driven back. So especially yeah. if they'd not charged, then they were gonna get a big axe to the face in the next turn. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's a good one that's probably still worth taking. Um let's let's get into their cards a little bit more. Um what are some of your favorite cards for this warband? So I'll quickly cover the ones that we have mentioned. Dark Destiny, which is uh does the attack action have to take out have to be one that could take out the fighter? I think it does. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So you would have to die. In so you use it when you're about to die, and you roll a dice. And it's a fifty-fifty. If you roll a shield or a crit, you don't take any damage, and you can't be driven back, and that's it. It's the end of the attack action. So yeah. you've essentially somebody's charged in. They may have stacked dice up. Uh, cards on this they might have stacked damage cards on this they might have sent a good fighter in and it all comes down to that 50 50 then because you've got that card and if you make it not only is that fight is now charged or attacked the activation's over the big fighter they were trying to kill is there in a prime position to hit them back and then charge again afterwards um so it's brilliant absolutely love it um and like i said before if you can keep any of them alive from an attack action that's just well worth doing and it's a faction specific card so it's not going anywhere I'd, I'd probably always be taking that with them. Yeah, the, the cool thing about those 50-50 cards is if I play, you know, Haymaker and whatever else, and I have, a, say, like an 80% chance to hit you, having Dark Destiny in your hand means I actually have a 40% chance for it to work. Yeah. And I don't know that you have Dark Destiny because it's a reaction. 
So I, I think those cards are incredibly powerful. Yeah, because um, you're not getting the real odds anymore. Like Exactly. Yeah. It's rigged. <laughs> I guess it's one weakness is that the attack does have to kill you itself. So if you're about to push them into a lethal hex, then you can wow. get around it that way. So, yes. Or you, if you have a pit a trap or something like that. Yeah, the attack itself has to be what's doing the lethal damage. Much yeah. like, I think Last Chance was the same as well. It was a way of getting around it. Yeah, I believe so. Um, what are some other cards that you like for them? We've already talked about Path to Glory. Yes, um, we've mentioned. So I quite like well okay so we'll talk about probably the the definitely good ones and then we can go into some of the winner ones a worthy sure. worthy kill worthy kill yeah. brilliant any two glory surge is incredible and this is a two glory surge for let me read it so i don't get the wording wrong score this immediately when a friendly fighter makes an attack action that takes an enemy fighter with a wounds characteristic of four or more out of action we've basically said that's what they're really good at they are capable of doing large amounts of damage which other warbands struggle to do and you mm-hmm. get two glory for killing someone. Um, so the important prerequisites, or the important, it has to be the attack action. So you can't do three damage and then one with pit trap. Like you have to have a four damage attack. Um, and they have to have four wounds. So the warband has another card that is the exact same, but for one glory, uh, a worthy deed. And I never liked doubling up on them because yeah. you some more bands so for starters Gits doesn't have any that are four wounds so it's already a dead card into Gits unless they upgrade right um and some other warbands don't necessarily have a lot of fighters that are four wounds and when you draw this card in your hand you've got to go for that fighter right you, you it, it dictates your turn to you and that might actually be a very risky thing to do when your hand might not be set up to do that flip side of this is you might draw this card after you've already killed the fight, the enemy's four-wound fighter. Right. So you have this whole dilemma in the game where you're kind of like, killing them now is good, because that is a good fighter, and I don't want them on the board. But if I kill them now, I know I'm denying myself not only the two glory from a worthy kill, but also the fact that that objective is now gumming up my hand. So it, it's a very good objective, and if you draw it at the right time, it plays perfectly into what the gods will want to do. But I, I don't think I'd ever run two because you just into some warbands you run the risk of really gumming up your hand. Um, yeah, yeah. I I did run a worthy deed before a worthy kill was released because it yes. was a power unbound unbound card. I agree. But yeah, you really don't want. Um, I just don't think you want that much overlap in a card that could be dead sometimes. Yeah. So you, you're playing to stormcast. You you know you're laughing. But then I think if you're playing yeah. to stormcast with this warband, you're laughing anyway. So. And if you do want cards that reward you for getting kills, I think there are other options um, mm. as well. Like, I guess you could do Strong Start, or there was Precise Use of Force, or you know, a, n- a number of other cards like that. Yeah, you can use stuff like Unexpected Pitfall now as well, because there's a lot of extra damage that you can tack on the end of your attacks, and that, that rewards you sure. for that. Um, yeah. I, I don't think you need to use both. I think there are enough surges. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's we said Path to Glory, Dark Destiny, and a Worthy Kill. I think you're probably having those in almost every Godsworn deck. Um, I think so. I've grown to quite like Oath of Murder. Um, mm-hmm. So it's an end phase card, but it's essentially the, the wording of Assassinate, right? Uh, you score this in an end phase if your warband took an enemy leader out of action in the preceding action phase. Um, but the fact that it's an Oath means you can reveal that card... Um, at the start of your first activation in an action phase, the action mm-hmm. phase, and if you did reveal it, they send two glory. Yeah. And there aren't many good, easy to score two glory end phase cards, and this actually isn't that tricky with this warband. So right. and there's almost no negative to showing it to them. Like, I want to kill yeah. you. Oh, surprise! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought we were just gonna have a chat. Um, so. It's it's a very good, reliable card. The downside is, obviously, if you draw this and you don't have Worthy Kill and their leader is the only four-wound fighter, then, yeah, bad things. It can it can overlap and it, you might not... You might break your hand. But normally, taking out a leader is so detrimental to your opponent that if you do get two glory off it from that, that's fine. It's worth doing. So I think Oath of Murder is good. Also, you can show it to them when you can't really get to them and they still kind of think you are going for them. So 
I don't know if it's ever mind gamed my opponent because I can't read their mind, but I like to think it has. So yeah, that yeah, of. yeah. It's it's possible that they would play more cautiously with their leader um, in that situation if they knew it was you know a matter of two glory or not. Mm. Um, I I think I have run Oath of Murder and Worthy Kill together, and there I think you're right. There will be some matchups where sometimes you have to choose one of them, um, and then. Uh, some, every now and then you'll actually end up killing a leader before this card comes out and that can be annoying yes um but a lot of the time i think with godsworn you just take the kills that you can get <laughs> yeah so and and you can get them and also you know we yeah. always talk about the worst case but you know sometimes you're getting full glory off that kill if you draw right yeah yeah and it's you not can. out of the realm outside the realms of possibility um it could happen yeah. Are there any other cards you would consider an auto-include? Not necessarily auto-includes. I think Chaos Boon is one worth mentioning, just because... Yep. Oh, no, there's still a couple that are worth mentioning. Um, so there's an, I've said Chaos Boon, but there is another objective as well. They have their own faction-specific great strength, which normally earlier in seasons is better, because normally universals will come out and there'll be more options, like Sting of the Urgrub is a thing now. Yeah. Um, it's minus one health for plus one strength, so it's not brilliant because you don't have many wounds anyway. But it right. does mean that regardless of anything that happens, your great strength is, I'm assuming, always going to be around. Because <laughs> um, it get, it's getting released in every single starter set. So you've, you're always going to have two. It's God's one, which is nice. So if you're at the start of a set and there isn't, for whatever reason, one's rotated out or there isn't another one, you'll always have two. And at least for because we've got Sting of the Urgrub and Great Strength. So at least until the end of next season, you'll, you'll definitely have three. Um, right. right. The other one is Oath of Conquest, um, mm-hmm. which is another oath that obviously mimics a card that we already have, Conquest, so you want to end it, score it in the third end phase if all of your fighters are in enemy territory. It's another one that you can show to your opponent for that extra glory, and showing it to your opponent doesn't really mean they have any extra way of stopping you. Um, it's not like showing them Oath of Denial and they go, oh cool, I'll just move <laughs> forward brilliant, Right. you, know, you show them Oath of Conquest you, they're like, oh you're, you're running at me are you? oh yeah yeah. You know, the, the way they stop that is by killing you which they were probably trying to do anyway and a three glory finisher is actually quite nice especially when it's very difficult to stop um, the only downside of that card specifically is that it does mean you have to constantly be advancing your warband. And if you're against something like Fiends or Molog and your deck commits you to running at them, um, they're going to be very happy to chew through your fighters um, that aren't might not necessarily be kitted out for the fight. If you get the right run of cards, then you might well want to be running at them and running at them because you might constantly be upgrading like Grundon and Thedra and Shond and you might be trading kills with every hit but if you don't get the right combination of objectives to equip the right upgrades and your deck still says no no we're going forward you can uh, you can run into trouble yeah yeah I think you're right I, I in my experience you really want to be aware in the second round where your fighters are yes because um, if you start the third round and one of the fighters is out of range then you've just not scored this card um, I think if you're doing it correctly, in my experience, the how, the biggest reason not to score it is that you might get wiped out. Yeah. Um, which can be, I, I would say that does happen uh, fairly often. In in the past, um, I think currently this is a card that I would take um, in the Beast Grave meta. I think previously I preferred uh, Pure Carnage because it gets around that issue. Yes. Um and I believe uh, a number of people would take Superior Tactician as well, um, which is more reliable. It was restricted at one point, so you had to think about that. Um, Absolutely. No, I, I, I agree. I, I preferred one of the other two, either Carnage or Superior Tactician at the time. Um, yeah. But it's certainly worth considering now, and um, it's not a. It's a good card. Like it's a very good card. It's just you need to be aware of how it makes you play and play around that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, another card of theirs that I like, but I don't know if it really makes the cut, is one of their other uh, Power Unbound cards, which is Dark Portent. Um, oh, yes. It's no, a reaction that you play before when they target you. 
um, before the attack roll, and that does mean that it blocks things like Potion of Rage, um, and it means that crits basically no longer count. So mm. particularly against like a Fury attack, it's actually a really good defensive Deep. card. Um, I don't know if it makes the cut if you're taking Rebound and Dark Destiny. I think maybe you could take it as like a poor man's Rebound. Um, I'm not sure, though. It's, it, it's worth if you had about two maybe. dodge dice, <laughs> like yeah. it would be crippling for your opponent. But because you've still only got one, yeah, you, you, yeah, I, <laughs> I I do agree though. It's a it's a fun card, and losing a crit is actually a big part of people's accuracy because that crit success nullifies a, half of your defense roll. Um, so it yeah. is it is a significant effect. It's just your defensive stats are so poor to begin with that you don't put up much of a fight even with that negative. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so let's talk about universal cards um, for a little bit. Mm. What are you usually looking for when it comes to universals? I think we've mentioned a number of you know current and past we have, um, yes. cards for them. Are there any other ones? So, I mean, it's the same with any aggro. You want speed, you want damage, yeah. and you want accuracy. Uh, two for three, inspired attack. I think that's honestly one of the best universes yeah. for this warband. Um, and it's a brilliantly designed card because not many other warbands get to take advantage of it, which I like. Um, so the first attack action with a range of one, which is crucial. That's why it doesn't work in a lot of warbands. Uh, yeah. Made by an inspired friendly fighter in the next activation has an extra dice and an extra damage. Um You've got really you're you're pretty fast, so the chances of opponents being able to push you away so that you can't take advantage of this are low. Most mm-hmm. of your good attacks are range one. In fact, all of them are. I mean, it's only Olo that's not going to get Olo or the Javelin that's not going to get anything out of this. Right. Um, and you love dice and you love damage. Um, this yeah. used to be another one that comboed so well with Shond and Concealed Weapon. Like you'd be hitting for five with oh, those are the days. <laughs> Yeah, I, even even now though, like going four fury, three damage, and that means he has an upgrade, so that might be great strength. That could yeah. be a great way to get Sean to four. Um, on the uh, leader and Grunden, uh, getting to three smash is gigantic. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I I think uh, I think inspired attack is a great one. Um, I, I think I think really anything that's even kind of like that is going to be good. Potion of Rage, Prize of Vendetta. Yes, you yes. don't get that many attacks, uh, I find, because your fighters do die. So when you make your attack, you really want it to hit. Um, yeah, and then when it hits, you need it to get a kill. Um, exactly. It's so. all about combos. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think um, in the current... Uh, Beastgrave meta with the six surge restriction. Um, I think uh, they would love some end phase cards that were something they could plan for and be reliable. Mm, um, that's the biggest like, hit. Yeah, I feel like right now um, keep chopping is pretty good for them. Um, I know they have liked, um, you know, escalation was a good card for everybody, um, particularly yeah. nice for them in some ways. Um, and uh, other than that, I mean, they really just like to like to kill stuff. So yeah, the only other cards I've got here, um, any extra damage. So Haymaker is probably going in there every time because you're not expecting to live after the attack anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and and cards like Sitting Target now are things that you can use. Cards like Fuel by Fury in the past were very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said Potion of Rage. Anything that does extra damage is good. Spectral Wings is pretty much always going in there along with things like Fainway. Um, yep. and then fired up fired ups are pretty much an auto include in there because they're always going to be inspired um, yeah, sure. and if they're not you're bad games um, <laughs> I always take calculated risk because it's nice to have that glory before you've got a kill in fact actually in general um, to any surge objectives that don't need kills somewhat surprisingly are brilliant because it means you can kick them up before they go in it's, 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 a lot of the warbands are super good, or some of the warbands that are very good aggro are good aggro after they're inspired, and they need glory to. This warband needs glory to get inspired. So you actually, sometimes you want your objective deck to be tailored around getting that glory before you go in, and then and then you go in and you start mashing faces and deny the opponent's glory because they don't exist anymore. Um, <laughs> so yeah. there's yeah. that element to it as well. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, let's go to the next question, which is the matchups and uh, the board setup, which I feel like a lot of the time those go hand in hand. Um, what do Godsworn like to see across the table, and what do they not? So they like to see warbands with less models. They don't like to see warbands with more models. Yeah. Um, they like to see warbands with less models, preferably that are full health across the board. <laughs> um, slightly more difficult with warbands like um, Molog and Hrothgorn because they still have to work to hit that 6-7 damage threshold, and that's where Jagathra's Javelin really comes in, sort of leveling that playing field. Um, yeah. Board setup. If you're playing into something that doesn't want to fight you, you go wide. If you're playing yep. into something that does want to fight you, again, it depends on how you're built. But the way I used to do it was I'd actually play it long. I'd play it long and I'd sit back. Um, mm -hmm. Because I know a lot of the other aggro decks would beat me in a straight-up fight. But if they couldn't reach me, I got to choose when they fought because the gods won't do have the speed. Right. So that gave me a little bit of time to get a bit of glory, get a bit of damage, or, uh, get a bit of uh, upgrading going. And then normally towards the end of each round, I'd, I'd throw a Grundon in um, and, and kill someone. And then they might... If I'd gone second, normally I'd have had to go first because I was more models. But if I had gone second, they wouldn't have any retaliation. And if I'd gone first, they might have one go back, which is fine. Trading one for one is what I want. And if they miss, brilliant. Grundon's still there and ready to go next turn. Uh, that meant that they didn't get to score as much glory because they couldn't close the gap. Um, and I did because I could close the gap. And also, yeah. uh, Molten Shard Pit meant that they were normally hovering around a pit full of lethal hexes at this time as well, which helped off my damage. <laughs> um, yep. So that's how I used to play aggro, or into aggro. Okay, great. And yeah, I mean, into anything else, it's just set up wide and try to blow everything up. So try and blow everything up. Um, try and blow it up from one side rather than just running straight at it, because, as we've yeah. said, they can trade back quite reasonably. So you want to you consider each charge to leave as few possible counter charges as you can if the opponent has more models than you. Yeah, especially if you have the speed advantage, which I feel like you do over a lot of warbands. Yeah. So, good stuff. Um, let's see. Um, what are some things for new players to keep in mind if they were playing this warband for the first time? They're not as bad as you think. Because, <laughs> <laughs> no, like, when you when you look at them and you pick them up and you're not playing them before, they, they have such a low like fail like when they go bad you just feel like you can't do anything with them right you, you suddenly yeah. look and you're like oh these attacks are too fury and they don't even do anything like um you need to um get your fighters inspired and then carefully and consideredly consideredly charge them <laughs> it, it, it is aggro you do want to go in you do want to get kills but they're not they're not like fiends they're not like the worm spat where you can kind of go forward and take a hit you can't you need to be you need to be going in and getting kills um and to do that you need to make sure that you've prepped for that it is very thematic the warband is a hunt right um mm -hmm. and you get that kind of stage in round one where you are circling your prey like you're not just running gung-ho straight in there there is a sort of moment's thought before then you do dive in and start taking them out um and that's the feel that i really like with them and so I would I would try and keep that in your head when you're when you're playing them is that you do need to have that circling your prey stage before you go flying in. Um, and also, if you need a glory, you can get martyred with Grawl. Just run him into a lethal hex. It's fine. <laughs> He's a good boy. Yeah. If you have enough lethals, you can get calculated risk and martyred at the same time if you go from Absolutely. one and then into the other one. So. The amount of games I've had where I've just like activation one killed Grawl and my opponent's just been like, okay, we both get a glory. But, but that yeah. glory means so much more to you because it means the inspired side of your card becomes accessible and that's where your fighters really are. Exactly. Exactly. Great. Well, I think um, that's going to wrap it up for the Warband unless you have anything else to add. Uh, not at the minute. I think um, they're always going to be someone <laughs> I come back to though. Uh, cool. Um, let's see. We will go to the rapid fire questions then. Um, these are just short questions. You can answer them however you want. Um, but, uh, the questions are quick. Um, what is your favorite fighter in the whole game? Oh God. <laughs> um, oh, the, the one that's come straight to my mind is actually Riptooth. Hmm. Yeah. I don't He's know. A good one. 
I don't know why. I can't <laughs> think. Oh, no, it's got to be Septimus. What am I saying? The prolapse. <laughs> Forget it, Richard. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know what I'm thinking. But Septimus, by a mile. <laughs> the only thing better than Riptooth is uh, <laughs> the prolapse. Okay. Oh, damn it. I can't. I, a lot of my, my models I have facing me on the shelf. Septimus faces away. <laughs> great um what is your favorite warband to play and what do you think that says about you as a person ah uh, it's just generally <laughs> aggro i mean it has been godsworn it's been fiends i mean i'm enjoying nurgle now but i'm still running them forward i think it yeah. just means i don't like to think too hard <laughs> <laughs> sure um if you could bring back any card from season one concealed uh, weapon <laughs> There, there we go. Yep, I think that's uh, been a sort of a popular one, actually. Uh, yeah. I know, I know, I would be very happy to see that one come back. Um, is there a favorite model that you've painted or can't wait to paint? Do you need me to answer it? Is it a? <laughs> does it rhyme with something? Laps. <laughs> it's actually Pepsimus. Uh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, let's see. Is there a least favorite fighter in the game for you? Hmm. For any reason? E- yes. I feel bad for it, but because <laughs> I feel like everyone moans about it so much. But why does the Duke need to be a hunter as well? Like, <laughs> like come on. Yeah. yeah. Just just make him a wizard as well. Why not? Like, oh, five man. move, two dodge, two hammers, two range, three damage, cleave. Oh, and also he's a hunter and. I can stand on one leg and he can resurrect his fighters and it's not an activation. Oh, yeah. just, no, no, too much. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, is there any particular war band you would like to see in the future? Um, this can be like from a mechanic perspective, faction, model count, anything like that. So I, uh, I when I when I play fantasy, I I don't think it would happen. But I, the, the the two warbands are or the two not warbands, the two armies I played. I played orcs and goblins, so I'm fine there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I played I played tomb kings. Um, but they're not yeah. a thing anymore, really, are they? Uh, unfortunately, no. if they were to become a thing in the future, uh, I just loved the aesthetic of it that they still had their own minds. I thought that was cool um, and I love the sort of mummy Egypt scarab kind of and the, some of the models were amazing I don't know if it yeah. ever will happen but if I had to pick one it, it would be to have them back for sure cool cool um, if you could change one thing about a current warband or card what would it be Ooh, good question um, people have always said like if you could change one thing about the gods what would it be to make them <laughs> a bit stronger and Sometimes I say an extra defense on somebody. I'd need to sit down and have a proper think about it now. I feel like, <laughs> but sure. I feel like maybe just give is... them a concealed weapon. <laughs> yeah. There, John. you give them a faction-specific concealed weapon, and I'm happy. You need to change nothing. Yeah. I, I think it's, that it's funny because oh. Shond actually has one, but it's only one damage. Yeah, and it's locked to Shond, and just... yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that's it. I think you've done it. Conceal that you've solved two of my questions with one answer. Right, right. Um, all right. Well, I think that is going to be everything. Um, where can people find you if they want to hear more from you or bother you about uh, not having a Godsworn trophy? Uh, any, if you want to bother me about not having a Godsworn <laughs> trophy, you can get lost. All right, I don't need to hear that. <laughs> um, but if you really really want to persist at it it's not hard uh you can <laughs> message like i'm i post stuff reasonably regularly for the steel city underworlds blog and um the chatting crit podcast on the facebook groups across them uh steel city underworlds i assume dot com i've never yeah we'll go with that <laughs> uh, yeah you don't read it right yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's rubbish who reads their content um uh, there's a load of articles on there including about seven that i've done on the godsworn which are now all out of date but you know go for it uh, and then i think we're doing the next episode of chatting crit i'm hoping to get it edited this weekend which is the let me check the date of what that will be 13th or 14th oh i need to stop that i've just accidentally started playing starship troopers in the background um <laughs> but yeah about that sort of time so and also if you want to just message me on facebook or discord or uh, steam or anything feel free to on what's my name on discord uh, steel city bond 
Um, I'm on like the other uh, the the discords for most yeah. things. Yeah. No problem. Um, all right. Well, thanks. I think that is going to be it. Um, thanks so much for being on the podcast, Tom. Oh, thanks for having me on. It's been ages since I've got to rant about God's One. I love it. <laughs> yeah, they're one of my favorites as well. Uh, all right, everyone. That is it for this episode. If you have any questions, feedback, or comments, let us know on Facebook at Path to Glory Podcast. You can also follow us on Podbean, where you have the show notes for this episode. Rate us on iTunes. Uh, that'll help more people find us. And thanks for listening, and we wish you the best of luck on your path to glory. I've already done my Godsworn pun. <laughs> Come to me, my prolapse. Come to me. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.